Well, I clicked the button. It took All a second, right. but yeah, we're live. Well, Thanks. I didn't know if you were going to stealth like that shit that you pulled on us last week. He's getting creative with it. Uh, he <laughs> didn't point at anybody. There's no pointing. No, he just let us go for it like a minute, and he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're on the air. By the way, I got to say, this garage so hot right now. It, yeah, it's... Oh, it's going to get even better. Uh, yeah, you know that. It is. It's sultry. This is this just is like, the beginning. This is like this vintage Sophia in in here. Yeah. yeah, well, let's let's revisit this when it's August. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we've all been in the cooker before, but um, oh, and I will say this too, um, Ryan, I gave you a lot of shit when we were moved around, and now I'm a little off my game because I'm out of position. Oh, we, so, the table's like, moved. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, yeah, I know, and I didn't. I, I see how you are, but well, no, I'm I'm recognizing that that's possible. Like, didn't make no, any difference. No, it's a thing. Like, like uh, you know, like it's a little OCD. But, but I like, would like know. to point out that still, we are still to the right and left of the same people that we yeah, were Yeah, that's before. true. That's we, true. We've dosy doed a little. But, uh, but yeah. So, anyway, I am, and I'm facing outward in the garage, facing the garage door instead of facing in to, towards Mark's house. And it's just like, you get used to your little... Your, your little place you're in the class. So classroom. discombobulated right now. I don't know. I yeah. feel like I'll, I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to fight through it to the playoffs. You're a brave man. <laughs> I, I hope so. Uh, we had a lot of talk. talk. What what was that? What da da? We have a. I guess I'm a little discombobulated too. Shane's brought a guest voice. I think he was trying to say that we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. As usual, so we have tatas to talk about. How about tatas? <laughs> uh, I can talk about tatas all night. Yes, <laughs> um, that was my impression of a Marco had that in post. Yeah, okay, but don't but don't cover up over mine. Uh, the symbol hit there. Okay, anyway, all right, whatever. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. Kevin here. Mark. Somebody likes it. <laughs> of Heck last night, the uh, Kurt Cobain documentary. How was it? Oh, I thought it was fascinating. I've heard good things about it. I heard some <coughs> clips. I've heard some I clips was not 100% sober um, during it. But well, neither no. was he. No, well, he, de- he most definitely was not. Um, there's some Courtney Love nudity in there. Um, I heard that it's that it's fairly sad. It is. I mean, if I you, mean you, the if subject you, matter being what it is. Well, of course. I've heard he dies. We all know how, is it, how it ends. Yeah. Um, What'd you say? That's <laughs> tack, tacky. Mark's already dies at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, I, but in all seriousness, I did hear that um, that Frances Bean. Part of the reason the movie got made was that Frances Bean cooperated. She's an producer on it. Yeah. And and um, well, a couple things about Frances Bean. Like she looks like her dad, which is weird. She really does. In the way that Lisa Marie Presley looks like her father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a good comparison. Uh, but she also it seems to be just whip smart, which is not surprising. Yeah, um, and she's an artist as well, and doesn't seem to be nearly as crazy as her mother. So all these things are good. Good lord, yeah. is, there, is she in? Actually, in is there an interview with her? No, no, they show her as an infant, right? You know, but but not really. Um, it's got to be a weird dynamic, though, like growing up with this dead, super famous father, and what are you gonna do? But the, but the, I, I think that's a little bit of an understatement. It's got to uh, be a weird dynamic. Well, I um, mean, that's the only thing she knows, so right. maybe it's totally normal to her. But who, who knows? But the other thing that that really struck me is that 
there's a record coming out, a Kurt Cobain album. Like, yeah. Um, Brett Morgan, the, the gentleman who directed the movie, uh, found 200 hours of unheard demos and recordings and what have you. It's not a Nirvana album. It's a well, and, and I read his statement on that, that record coming out, and, and basically the gist of it is that he said that there's going to be a side of Cobain, you know, presented in this he's like this is definitely not a nirvana album he's like there's but there's going to be some surprises for people that they so for sure i know that there there are there's a or some beatles covers in there that doesn't um, surprise and, me. and some noodling around yeah. so he's like it's kind of like he, he, he made it sound like it's kind of like just sitting in the you know sitting around with him and like hearing him noodle around and figure stuff out yeah, well, I, I, it's one of your exes that actually she said uh, about John Lennon and Kurt Cobain, like they're aliens. Like, oh yeah, like there's just nobody else like them on the planet. Like, well, and the and the the context in which this girl used to use that term is one that I've adopted, but I don't use it very often. And it's like essentially like people that are that they're just uh, like ridiculously uniquely talented. Well, yeah. and beyond yeah. that, like, just sort of not wired the way that any of the rest of us are. Yeah. And, and so. I could, we could certainly say that about Kurt Cobain, and, and that comes through a lot. I have in a that pretty good idea. Documentary. I think I'd like to go back and revisit this conversation. I think the other three people in the room should watch the movie. Go watch it. Yeah, no, sure. I think it's a good idea, and then I'd like to come back and. I, I can give you a password. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get we'll, yeah we'll get with you. Ryan, the, the, the HBO cops are. Oh, let's just put it on the podcast. Everybody yeah, can watch none HBO. None of the though. HBO executives are fans of the podcast. <laughs> we don't know that anyway. Oh uh, yeah, so let's do that. Let's. I, I mean, you know. Yeah, we'll revisit. Maybe we after. all all four of us could watch it at the same time. Could be. I sure. Don't, I don't. I'm just you know. I'm down. Out there. Yeah. Don't um, tell us what happens. So we uh, we're into May, the month of May now, and we talked uh, last week about how. Or uh, the first three weeks, uh, we're picking every week um, an album by an artist that's been on the show before, mm -hmm. and then that we'll, is true. And then on the the end of the month, the culmination of Memorial Day, we'll do a Memorial Day mixtape. But the countdown to then, and we have some some other stuff planned too. But uh, the countdown to then starts today, and it's Ryan's day. So Ryan, what's going on? Well, I chose uh, 1993's uh, Yellow Tingo release, uh, Painful. Which, when we listened to um, and talked about uh, Electropura, I realized that Painful, like, was for a lot of people, like, their f finest hour. And um, and kind of one of three records that were all in a row that people just, you know, are over the moon about. That but I didn't, know I didn't know Painful. And I can hear the heart beating. I can hear the heart beating as one. It would be the third. So it's Painful and then Electropura, and then I can hear the heart beating as one. And there are people who are just devotees of each one uh, in a big way. And I just didn't know Painful. Um, so now I know Painful. I knew some of the record. Um, and I, you know, my, my, the first note I have on this is, yep, it's a Yellow Tango record. Well, and that's, I, that, that kind of went through my head a lot as I listened to it. But apparently this set the template. I, am I'm, I was somewhat familiar with this record. more, Not more so than Electro Pure, but over the years I've heard a lot of these songs. I actually like it better than Electro Pure quite a bit. Uh, bite I think your it's tongue, you asshole. What? I said, bite your tongue, you asshole. <laughs> no, 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 I like, mean, Electro Pure is a good album. This seems to me to be more... Well, what, what kind of uh, struck me is that um, it's that deal where, like, you get into a, a really good band, and the first record you heard from them is probably going to be your favorite, and Electro Pure was that 
record for me. And so this is similar enough to Electro Pura. Um, I mean, I, I can kind of hear an evolution from this to Electro Pura. Yeah. To, to, I can hear the heart beating as one where they, they kind of evolved into like, there are no pop songs on this record. And there are pop songs on It's true. There is definitely an evolution. And um, th- this has um, started the this remarkable mo- run of consistency. Yes. And this is more cinematic. Um, you know, and and they they got more concise and and uh, I mean they've never been terribly poppy, but they wrote you know more. There's some there's some pop stuff, and they do a lot of pop poppy covers. I mean, I don't know, like not poppy. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I get what that means, but there's some there's a lot of melodic stuff. Certainly, certainly. Can uh, I just Kevin, say, Kevin, you have a th- oh, go you have thoughts? Yeah. Um. So you know, I I frankly probably fall a little bit more in line with. Shane than you on this record, but I would say in that um, I think between this and Electro Pura, I I found some some uh, chestnuts here that I really appreciated mm. and didn't necessarily you know I mean like my my take on Yolo Yo Tango has been documented on the show like I feel like they sort of vacillate they traditionally vacillate between these more moments of quiet contemplation and then just the fuzziest you know. What's the what's the phrase that you used when um, Miguel from Nomad was talking about the music taste of your? Uh, of <laughs> well, okay. What he said, uh, Kyle's music taste was like it sounds like uh, dragging a washing machine behind a pickup truck. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of there's a little bit of uh, Ira's guitar work that, uh, in this case, gets it gets couched as um, shoegaze. as shoegaze esque, and I can cert- I can certainly see it, but. Well, there's some um, but I don't think of them as a shoegaze band. I really don't. No. Like, no, but there are a few songs on here, especially in the fir- in the beginning of the record, that that I can hear a, a more of a um, of a lineage of a direct line to shoegaze. Then then I notice it more. Once you get into Electro Pure, it sounds more post punk to me. But on this one, the first thing I thought before having read anything about it, um, a song. I guess I can't remember what the song title was right now. Um, I think it was the second second song on the record. I was like. Oh shit! Well, this is like not their bloody, bloody Valentine, but I mean a lot of the other shoegaze band. It's I was like, oh, is this going to be a shoegaze record? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Well, um, and I have uh, from a Motel Six. I just I you know, tossed up uh, some notes, and I, I wrote almost Jesus and Mary Chain like, uh, yeah, not not I, not quite shoegaze, I, but like Jesus and Mary Chain like had a had a toe in the shoegaze water. Yeah, I mean, I could I could see that there were there were some other. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we were basically saying the same thing. Can I say real quick, I just want to comment on this. If you go and you read the Yolo Tingo uh, page on, on Wikipedia, it says, the first thing that it says is, Yolo Tingo, often abbreviated as YLT, which number one is it? I've never seen I've that. I've never seen that or heard that before. I, I did that today, but it's because I'm lazy. Yes. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I'll sure. accept that. But but number two, okay, so right. So y- y- you've never seen or heard of that. Neither have I. Um, but other thing number two is when i first saw that i was thinking like ylt isn't that a metal band no ynt ynt is a metal band that like ran around in the in the 70s and 80s with like quiet riot and stuff which would be pretty great if they did if they had if they had like completely changed their career in in the mid 80s and started playing this kind of music from doing like come <laughs> on like, feel like the noise. hardcore like or no, like they pop st- metal. Yeah, they started at pop metal, and then they and then they just and then they changed it and started doing. Like, well, yeah, well, it's not on this record, but um, one of the videos from I can hear the heart beating is one. They go to rock and roll school, and oh uh, yeah, no, 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 it's Sugar Cube. Yeah, Sugar Cube. Yeah, 
Yeah, that is one of the best, best videos I've ever seen. Yeah, that's 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 really good stuff. Well, why don't we play a little bit uh, from a Motel Six, and uh, we'll get back into it after that. All right. <laughs> be shocked to know that Pitchfork loves this record. Loves it. That is loves shocking. It. Yes. The warm embrace of Pitchfork is is never been more apparent than it is. Uh, specifically with regard to the re-release that happened in Extra 2014. painful. Extra painful. Which I did not listen to. Um, well, and the, really the difference between uh, Extra Painful and the original is like a second album's worth of B-sides and, and other outtakes, outtakes and stuff. and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, but, they, but there was really an interesting... Um, uh, piece, the part of the piece here that that I thought I'd share, and it goes like this. They said the importance of painful to the Yola Tango narrative can be gauged as such. This year marks the band's 30th anniversary, and they're celebrating it by reissuing their sixth album, released nearly a decade into their career. Painful marked a couple of significant firsts for Yola Tango. It was the first album made with the eventual longtime producer Roger Montano, and their first to be issued through Matador whose post-pavement popularity and resultant uh, Atlantic Records partnership afforded the band their widest distribution yet. So I thought it was really interesting that this is like started that three-album arc, you know, and it seems like maybe it's at least possible that this was, uh, you know, the band sort of meshing at, a, at the same time that they actually happened to get better distribution, which is sort no, of No, a lot like of things came together, and what you didn't bring up, and it, maybe it was getting to it, uh, is James McNew. Well, I'm, I am getting yeah. that. All right. So yeah, leave the fuck alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I, well, man. and I—it's my fault. I started—I sidebarred out of this, but uh, but yeah, they said although painful was actually the second Yellow Tango album to feature bassist James McNew, it was the first to fully enmesh his sensibilities with Kaplan and Hubley's, shirking the typical new guy slash third wheel dynamic for a more polyamorous—I don't know what they mean by that—professional relationship that continues to this day. So basically, the gist of it—it it sounds like what they're saying is—is is that this is with this record. He's, they really sounded like no, a three-piece. he's integrated into the band, and I think I know what he means by, uh, or whoever wrote that means by polyamorous, because yeah. like it's got to kind of be like, you know, uh, hey. Hubley, Hubley and uh, <laughs> Ira Kaplan and Georgia Hubley are married, yeah, and we're already in this band for a long time before this dude came along, so yeah. it's like, like becoming the roommate of a married couple that's been together for ten years, yeah, kind of, you know, and then like working with them also, like I, I mean, it's got to be a, a Uncomfortable dynamic at first. I'm sure they're totally used to it by now. Uh, but, yeah. but I, you know, that's it's he's got to in some way figure out how to ingratiate himself into that dynamic. Totally. Um, 
anyway, I just thought that was an interesting take. And I also think that, you know, the whole bit about uh, how the, the record deals worked out and all of that. Yeah, it know, sounds like everything just kind of fell into place at right the right time. It did. And still, you know, they're not, you know, the, the way that this band comes together musically, they're not, even though those were, those are popular records and they're, and they're adored by critics, they're never going to be this, you know, this, this band is not, is not made for mass top distribution. 40. Yeah. No. This is, this is not something that's. But it's all, but they've also done okay. Oh sure, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they, they make, make a living. They make their, yeah, they make their right. living a comfortable living off of, you know, playing and uh, and touring and. Yeah, I mean, and they play bi- bigger rooms. I well, mean, for they, a touring they, play, band. they play like, like you know, like seven hundred fifty. 50, 50 uh, well, what does Stubbs hold? Um, a, they a thousand. Play, uh, yeah, I've seen but them. Outside. I've seen them at Antones before the old Antones, and that only held 750. So Yeah, I've seen them at Stubbs. I've seen them at um, La Zona Rosa, which is probably around the same capacity. 15. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, they fill up, you know, big rooms, but they're not going to be playing arenas. Um, and that would be weird, frankly. Like, because of those, like, sort of warm, contemplative moments, I think. In, in no, they're, they, like, they're more an intimate band than they are. Like, they, they play as big a rooms as their sound will allow. By it, intimate, do you mean they, they play sexy music? Well, I it's mean, the Barry White of <laughs> polyamorous yeah. music. Yeah, they play polyamorous music. It's a genre. It's a genre now. Polyamorous music. <laughs> wait, 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 the Barry White of contemplative indie rock. It, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like to me that, like, with the quieter, the quieter tracks in there that are part of their, uh, you know, their repertoire, it's like, it's like you find the warmest blanket in your house, and then they get to the next song, and they just. Break everything, and you got to kick the blanket <laughs> off because it's too warm. You got to well, kick actually, it off, and you got to stick you... a leg out from underneath it. The song that I wanted yeah. to do to play next kind of shows both, and okay. it's the one that really stood out to me as sort of the the centerpiece, like jewel of the record. Because, um, like in uh, Electro Pure, to me that was Flying Lesson, Hot Chicken Number One, because of course, because um, <laughs> he was at a drive. But that's the one that, that on that record to me is like amazing, and this this is the one that I kept coming back to. And like hitting repeat on, but it was I was the fool beside you for too long, which stands out in a couple ways. It shows like kind of their their warm, intimate in the beginning of it, and then it comes in like a freaking buzz song. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, and it also like a lot of their stuff lyrically. Um, Ira Kaplan, kind of you know, it it sounds like he's kind of singing to his wife, and it's very sweet. This one is not like that. Um, so why don't we get into that a little bit, and we can come back and Do talk it. about it.
It, it was a little ridiculous, it but that's all right. Don't even talk no, about we're it. not going to. Okay. So we're, we are back talking about Yellow Tango is painful, and in particular, I was the fool beside you for too long. So I wrote in my notes, and I, I wrote notes. I, I saw that. Yeah. I think the last time you wrote notes was the last time we did a Yellow Tango. Record. That and might be true. Can I just, well, go where you're going to go, and then I want to share I just wrote muscular guitar without being douchey. And it allows me to indulge my white guy, suburban kid uh, affinity for loud guitars without feeling like, you know, these dudes are just assholes. And and somehow Yola Tango is able to pull that off. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. I'm going to read another uh, just one sentence for, uh, that's further down this pitchfork review that I think is worth bringing up at this point, which is this guy says. What makes Painful so eminently approachable after all these years is that it manages to sound like a fully realized band-defining statement, yet unpretentiously off-the-cuff at the same time. Do you agree? Certainly, and off-the-cuff is a good way to put it because, and I think I brought this up last time, um, they don't, you know, most bands like will have like a, a germ of an idea, like the songwriter brings it in and then they flush it out. They jam and then whittle it down. And so I think it gives it a more of improvisational uh, tone to it. Like there's a looseness to it, but they've by the time these land uh, on tape, you know, they've been whittled down into a form. But they, you know, it starts out with them just kind of fucking around and figuring out what feels good. Yeah, I think that process shit is really interesting. Probably make for a terribly boring podcast after a while, but I think it's pretty fascinating. Shane. Oh, sorry that uh, that meant nothing at all. He like actually. audibly sighed. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's uh, it was hot. Um, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sigh on purpose. But I realized once I did that it might sound like I'm just like, oh my oh, god, Christ, uh, oh, uh, process <laughs> assholes. <laughs> okay, was that, was that Nick Nolte. Uh, yeah. yeah, Nick Nolte were uh, uh, Han Solo. Yeah. Did you guys see what what shirt Shane's wearing this week? Oh, oh is it a, he's got Game of Thrones back yeah, on. Yeah. Oh, Kevin's yeah. got uh, Reek and Tebow locks. Yeah, we can't, we can't we can't read what that shirt says. Yeah, so years ago, well, actually during South by years ago, there was a there was a uh, there was a company that was doing screen they're screen printing shirts on the spot, and so they were not they didn't they didn't come out even. And so this shirt used to say... Oh, this uh, that didn't get washed off? Well, it did get washed off. So, like, yeah, it used to say American football is bollocks, and now it just says whatever's Reek left. Reek and T-ball locks. Reek and So it's a little Dada, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, I have a couple of things I want to say about this record, but I, th- I think it's about time we... Uh, intermission? Take, it, take a break. Take that shit. Yeah, all right, let's do it. Okay, it's time for a few minutes with, and uh, for those of you that haven't listened to the show before, or for those of you that have and, and have no idea what this section is. And have is. temporary amnesia. Yes. Yeah. Um, this, is the, this is the point of the show where we take an intermission, and, and one of us chooses uh, a song or a, preferably a video, um, and we basically do to that video what we do to a, an entire record the rest of the show. So this week, uh, it's Kevin's turn. And Mon Frere has uh, the selection. Yeah, I do. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He's, he, 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 that <laughs> motherfucker's bilingual. <laughs> <That's like a laughs> bilingual. Damn, damn Skippy. Uh, Eddie Road. Yeah, so, um, so I was poking around, uh, what the kids like to call the internet and, uh, found, 
I think I, it's the information superhighway is yes, what you were looking for. All of that too. Yeah. Anyway, I found I found uh I found a video that uh that I I took a liking to and that that I that I thought, you know, had some moxie. And yeah. so I wanted you, to you share it. To it. I wanted He's to just, share it. Just mixing all of these different regional <laughs> I think, slang. I think it's, by the way, and I think making it's, it up too. I think it's all of these uh, Letterman retrospectives that are going on right now. It's like I can't say anything straightforward anymore. It takes me three hours to get to the point. Well, you've grown a gap in the middle of your teeth. That's yes. weird. Also, that that's yeah. a stunt you, gap. You liar. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I decided to do something that we have not done before with this middle segment, and so we're going to cover. Um, Porn, sugar cube. Cover <laughs> oh, yeah. sugar cube. Uh, yeah, that we Which just talked about. <laughs> we just talked about <laughs> it because that was the video I had picked out because it has it's uh, it's it's full of things that I am super fond of. I, I know I've never seen that, it before. I love today. that video so much. Yeah, yeah it's good. Oh well, well <laughs> yeah. let's just watch it and we'll come well, back. Yeah, we'll get back. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll okay. talk about it. Let's do it. Good as I remember. Holy shit! The bet, like, and there are a thousand great things that, that that happen as part of that video, but not the least of which is it's essentially it's just a good sketch for Mister Show. It's a good sketch for Mister Show, and it's the Globo Kim guys. It's the whole same setup as uh, where they put all the swear words in the commercials. Into the commercials, like, yeah. like, yeah, I like it, but while the swearing, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. So anyway, and they you know yells at people for no reason. Then anyway, but yeah, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross and that whole crew. Uh, well, and then uh, Ira Kaplan channeling uh, the Doobie Brothers at some point. Yeah, dance with your mama all night. Is that the long. Doobie Brothers? That is Doobie Brothers. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like the Mississippi Queen people. I don't know. No, that's know. Mountain. Oh, who whoa! Think. My you just hey man, I've got some. My seven, brains have. Just I got gone some seventies classic rock knowledge. Yeah, apparently so. Anyway, no, I just uh, it was. It's one of the funniest. Videos Anyone I've who seen has anymore. not seen the video Sugar Cube um, from Yola Tango, not from Painful that we're talking about, but from uh, I can hear the heart beating as one. Yeah. Go see it now. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's truly. You know, we watch a lot of videos. It's funny. So two things. We watch a lot of videos. Um, usually Ryan we, brings. Them we watch in. a lot of unintentionally That's funny. That's what I'm saying. We watch a lot of videos that we're that we're laughing at. This one we're laughing with. with. But yeah. the the but the funny thing about that to me is that um, that video is made to be the characters in it are like the videos that we laugh at. 
and now it's inclusive. Like the like yeah. the rock and roll guys yeah. from the 80s. It's and pretty shit. it's pretty meta. Yeah, um, yeah. Bob Odenkirk does the whole thing and like kiss makeup, and David Cross has this ridiculous like. He probably he's like would, the the like punk rock slash Aerosmith or something. Yeah, kind of. He's got giant pink hair. Like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, but um, There's and two. there are legitimate like there are classes that are being taught. And Something about theremin. What was the? Yeah, it was like you and the theremin was like one of the subjects. It was well, up it, on the and board. And it just reminded me of. Uh, like your old joke, and I don't know if you originated this, but they used to talk oh, yeah. about like, oh, I, I do a really good air theremin. Yeah, well, no, the the joke is that any <laughs> that the thing about the theremin is that everybody that plays theremin also plays air theremin. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of jokes. Uh, in fact, there's like one after another. After oh, it's another, just after it's, another. Yeah, it's, it's jam packed. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of fat in that video. It's like <laughs> it's good. Stuff. It's a lean cut. It's a lean comedy cut. Yes. I, I thanks thanks for bringing that. You know, it's funny because oh, sure. when we were when, when we brought it up before you before you let us in on let us in on the gag as it were. Uh is that as it were? I don't know. The gag. Um I was I'm thinking, about to gag right now. Oh no, no, no. I fully appreciate that. Um I was thinking, oh man, I gotta watch this. I'm not gonna take up their time. Uh but I gotta rewatch that video when I go home. And now I don't have in fact what I might done. It's pretty good. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, I I watch this about once a year just for fun. It's pretty. It's pretty good stuff. Um, well, that's that's you know when we, we're going to watch a video of mine later on in the show that is not as good as this, but we'll get to what that. is really. And yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, Billy Squire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's shit. pretty good. But yeah. that you know. That's, but what that's is the, as good as that? I mean, nothing. Nothing. Do you feel like uh, Billy's, and we won't sidebar on this for too long, but do you feel like Billy Squire has pretty much spent the rest of his life trying to walk as normally as possible? Cause <laughs> to, to, like, to like to shake it off? A really yeah. stiff, I mean, dated Franks. He's like, well, if I just do walk. this for 50 years, no one it'll will. It'll go away. It'll never go away, Billy. It's never going away. <laughs> no, see, he thought it was going away, because that was in, like, what, like 80, 1983? And then, yeah. And then he thought he, sh- he had, like, you know, midway through the 90s, he's like, I've finally shaken that off. And then the internet nope. came along. Well, yeah. the other thing is, you, like, you would have to think, like, he's like, why isn't this apartment smaller? I just keep walking and walking, and I never get anywhere. So, anyway, yeah, fortunately that did not happen in the Yola uh, Tango shirt gear bid. No, that's... Or unfortunately. Well, sure. Although, well, th- I will say, let, and maybe we'll wrap this part on this. I do, I like the fact that... Um, it's a super self-deprecating video too. Like they make themselves the butt of the joke more than anybody. And yeah, I but they're in cool. on the joke. Unlike that's true. Young Mister Squire. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> back in the he's day. Probably not to this day is he in on that joke. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's go back in and we'll we'll see you guys on the other side. Hi. Well, well, first let's go and, and explain like what's going on. Um, so Mark said, "I want to say the Kevin wants." Oh, to I say just said so right now just to show what we're. T- Mark said, he, "Whoever came back in, he's going to go back in and edit out." And they say so. And explain Kev- the origin of that. So I <laughs> now we I can't, can't now not I can't do, not it. do it. Yeah. Um, I had said I mentioned a while back to Kevin about or in, in a I was joking. About how he comes out of a segment and starts his dialogue by saying "so dot dot dot," and and now everybody's uh, hyper aware of it, 
uh, which they shouldn't be. I wish I had never said it. But, oh, it's okay. But Mark said he's going to edit it out, whoever comes back in saying so. And then Kevin and Ryan started talking, and Kevin said he's going to start every – Every every new transition with fuck it, fuck it, and Mark <laughs> said he'll pay him a. Would you say an actual five dollar bill? Five dollar bill. And I don't have any cash on me, so I, fuck it. I might just start. Well, yeah, I think you already missed. missed uh, your opportunity. Yeah, you kind of. Yeah. But I'm responding. I'm responding. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So the, it's a it is it, it is a um, it's our grand uh, language experiment. Grand Language <laughs> Experiment. <laughs> it sounds like a really awful band. It sounds. I was gonna say that sounds like a band for like a classic rock band from like Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, they opened for Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, Grand Language Experiment. <laughs> yeah, they had. They still had frilly le- or leaves. Uh, <laughs> sleeves. Hey, can I can I ask you guys? And I don't think we've ever talked about this, so we won't sidebar on this for very long. But I am kind of curious. Uh, what is the worst band name you've ever heard? And I well, and maybe well, we already talked about Funkle Sam. Funkle Sam. Funkle is, Sam. Is that bad or is it is it great? Bad? It's great. Well, it's so bad that it's great. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've come. I used to spend time on tour uh, with people riding around trying to come up with bad band names. Um, I'm trying to think of the worst, yeah, band name that I've actually heard. That was a real band. There, you know, why don't we? Why don't there, we? There, I'll just share one. Or do you have something you want to get to? I was gonna. Uh, no, 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 no. Go, please, um, go on. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, I won't grind the show to halt. But the, but I did like. There was a band out in West Texas when I was living out there called Spilling Poetry, and I was like, "That's pretty bad." Don't you mean just music? Like that's exactly what that is. Like, wait, like, wait, what? What was it? Spilling Poetry? Yeah. That's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's both pretentious well, and, and shitty it, pretentious. And like, meaning to be earnest, but it's just really bad. Well, and it's again, that's probably a little bit of the sign of the times where somebody was trying to be super sincere and they just never quite got there. Um, okay, so let us let us return once again. Don't to, you mean okay? Fuck it. Okay, <laughs> fuck it. Let us return fuck to it. now. I don't know why I'm doing Dylan, but uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the Illatingo record. I mean. Ryan, we talked about a couple of different tracks that. Um, well, you and Shane off the air both um, like intimated that you were into nowhere near. I think that's a yeah. I think that's a. Oh, I don't it's know. A, it's I a really pretty, pretty song. With that song. It, yeah. 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 I, I, I it's one of the ones that I couldn't remember the name of just because like they don't really say it a ton. And, sure. Uh, anyway, no, it, it sounds very much classic '90s Yola Tango. Um, Shane, Kevin, anyone? Bueller. Oh, sorry, I, w- I was looking at bad band names. Uh, I was on the internet. Wait, I know. I'm asked, sorry. I didn't mean to take us down the rabbit hole. Um, it's easy to get. I like into that um, the, one of the things about this song that, in particular, that I noticed. Um, it sounds to me. I mean, it's not the same song, but it it clicks in a little more of the of the Yellow Tingo template that we've mentioned before. That is a very real thing. But oddly enough, that that they use the Yellow Tingo template so much, um, and they never sound. Nothing so- ever sounds too similar, or like they're spinning their wheels. No, the, the, you know, no. It's, it's a not, good fucking template. It's a template without being a rote formula. Right. That's why I don't um, say formula. It's not. Um, but this sounds a lot like um, our way to fall, which is uh, the first or second song. I mean, you can definitely tell. You can, you can definitely feel James McNew's presence in this song for sure. Yeah. Like with the the keyboards, and there's a very prominent bass presence and uh at least i think that's what it is but anyway uh yeah it's yeah there's a well what i say there's a there's a this uh has female vocals rather than male vocals on this other song um 
That's true, and she has a really gauzy, hypnotic kind of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that these records are, are, are broken up where she doesn't... I, I, I think I love when she pops up, but I would... I like it that there aren't that many songs that she does because it's a nice little transition. Well, and I don't even really think about it. Like I don't even oh, it's a Georgia song. It doesn't it's not a radical departure when no. she sings. No, 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 no. And I don't mean that at all. I'm saying I, it just feels like in, you know, in the background it kind of it kind of slightly breaks it up just a little bit. Um in this I don't know, un- unconscious way. Yeah, we're nodding. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that, yeah I think nodding that is really good audio, by the yeah, way. But sure. <laughs> yeah, good. To, it's what you what 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 if, theater of the mind? So you let them know what you were doing. Yeah, no, I, I like. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think um, I do feel like the one of the things that strikes me about this record is that there that the sort of counter pacing that you get in some of these these you know tracks that are either. Um, voiced by Georgia or in some case, you know, that the, where the pacing and the tempo is a little bit different. Like, I don't know. I, I, I felt like this one didn't, and maybe this is just because some of this stuff is a little bit more melodic than some of their other music. I don't know. I'm still unpacking it a little bit, but, uh, but I, I, but I felt like, uh, it was an easy, uh, like very laid back way to connect with that act. And, Anyway, anyhow, we are actually talking about nowhere near. And it turns out it did pop up in my notes. So, what did what did you say? Cinematic language vistas. Sounds about right. Yeah, well, right. listen to it. Dot com. <laughs> And like so much of this record, I think cinematic. It is very cinematic. Can I just Shane, com- Shane is gesticulating I just wildly. Comment on real, real quick, how tonight Mark is on fire from my point of view. Like, did you guys notice? Basically, that time he did a magic trick when he threw it to you. <laughs> he conjured my back being back in. <laughs> you guys, he's just like 
Just sandwich some <laughs> shit. I don't know. I, it's very funny to nobody and nobody that's listening right nobody now. Nobody gives a shit. I know actually. it's very funny to me, and I just would like to share that with well, people. And this Mark, is, I think you're on fire. I yeah. appreciate that. This is born out of this is born out of the fact that when I used to produce the show, I made a big theater out of pointing really hard at everybody. We knew and, when we were on. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. And and Mark's like playing with the convention now. <laughs> Mark yeah. Mark's testing the boundaries. He's of, the new uh, showrunner and he's trying out some new plot ideas. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, I thought those vistas were languid. Like I said, uh, <laughs> languid vistas, and then like maybe no other song on earth that applies to. But like you, you listen to this, and like yeah, it feels like the fucking desert at dawn. Well, it's kind of a, a slow burn. Yeah, there, yeah, it is a slow burn, and there's a little bit of that. There's it's like that sort of um, yeah, it's a little bit of that. Uh, that sort of western guitar like not in a not in a bob will sense but like that sort of twangy that deep twangy yeah yeah guitar that like it's just sort of they slow make it their and own like, but like yeah it's it's a you know they're it's they're they've a surf rock thing just without the kinetics a little yeah yeah the it's, it's like yeah. if you took surf rock and slowed it down a lot <laughs> like like uh <clears throat> yeah hip-hop surf doom. scene yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's I'll take t- it. T- taking their own sweet time. But yeah, no, it's great. I I really am fond of that tune, and um, I will listen to it uh, repeatedly forever. <laughs> Maybe not, that, that, but that I will listen to it a lot. Be a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> you know, you not. have kids, right? <laughs> and sometimes I sleep, but yeah. still, yeah, no, I thought it was good. <laughs> um, and I, you know, and I, and thanks, Ryan, for uh, you picked this one, right? I did to revisit. Yeah, no, I thought this was. Uh, I thought this was a this was uh, and I will spare welcome you guys your tango uh, again. Not that that you know you need sparing from, but like we may have exhausted the Yolotengo canon uh, at least as far as this podcast. Well, is we concerned. don't have to we don't have to get into it for a while. But we've this is the first band that we've actually covered twice. It's it's well, fun to listen to, but I will say this: we've just now basically discussed two relatively similar records. And very similar. But what was nice about it is that. You guys went into it with as much knowledge about it as I did. You might have known more about it than I did. Um, I, I didn't Perhaps. fucking know this record. So it was nice to go into a, a band that I like that I didn't know dick all about their the actual record. Um, <laughs> Marcus is uh, giving us the halt sign. He's uh, No, no, no. I think Mark's yeah. trying to like X-ray vision through his hand. <laughs> That's what it looks yeah, like. Mark is just looking at his hands. He's like, just looking at his hands. Hey, hand where did these come from? He's trying out his new superpowers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Form of a hand. Oh, check it out. Oh, it still is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, we're gonna, let's get to the next uh, part, um, and we're going to listen to a Catherine Calder song today. Current Affair? Current Affair is what it's called, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that one became it's bad. It's trademarked. Yeah. It's trademarked not by me. No. <laughs> we'll want to see it till we get a cease and desist order. Um, is it Bill O'Reilly who hosted that? He was like the original host of A Current Affair. It was like one of those like PM Mag, what, like a like a inside well, edition. Or let f- it be known that A Current Affair is actually an Australian uh, news program. Well, I think well, well, I think it started in Australia. It, yes. Yes, but it, thank you for that. But they, Bill O'Reilly was the most, fa- if not the orig- the first. Anchor, as it were, for the American version of a current affair with the, with the, with the, you know, you Man, played I, the music. I just, I just love that guy so much. Like, I, I just want to. He, you know, the thi- well, let's not talk about it right now. But right. He's easy to love. He's a cuddly oh, teddy bear. Oh, big time. All right. We'll be back in a minute with Catherine Calder. That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. Okay. I don't know. Uh, it, 
Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Okay. Now, yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. The, full, the, the we never know what how the full how extension on the point. <laughs> that, oh, that was a yeah. full body point. Yeah, it's good. You forgot to say so. The fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, man. Uh, that was Catherine Calder. Take a little time. Um, a song that I like quite a bit. Not the biggest fan of the video. Um, what? Yeah, we'll talk what? about that it in was a second. Somewhat compelling in a. Calvin and Hobbes meets Dr. Katz kind of way. I thought was really good. I thought the animation I mean, was really Shane good. Shane has shown himself to not be a fan of uh, gimmicky videos. And you could make the argument that there's a little there's a little gimmicky going on there. Yeah, I mean, there's pretty... St- the, some of the, the background illustrations are, are really cool. and it. Um, but the, I guess the thing is, is I've heard that song a lot of times now. And um, it's kind of... It's a little... That... that it becomes a little more slapstick than I would like to see for the emotional weight of the song. Well, it's too bad they didn't hire you as director. No, I know. I, you know, I tried to tell them. Yeah. When I didn't know about the song or the record. Yeah, back you know. when they were making the video. Yeah. And yeah. you didn't know who that person yeah. was. You, uh. I will say, like, one thing that kind of um, occurred to me is, like, so I was looking at the closing credits, and I don't know her work, but I but it strikes me as, like, so they they included the illustrator and they included the maybe it was the producer of the no it was the animator was the animator okay so um, so the thing that I thought was kind of interesting is like you know I know in Austin a lot of the way that those similar type situations happen is like somebody is a friend of somebody else and like just likes their work or whatever and like you you get these little sort of odd collaborations that don't always happen in other places and i thought okay well maybe that's what it is yeah it, i think it is something like that and i also think i mean like it could have like you were saying like the the illustrate some of the illustrations were really interesting you guys have to it's hard to explain what what was happening I mean, well she, what i what i said was calvin hobbs meets dr katz and then also you were saying george plimpton or or you know sam hurt also the guy that does i beam some of those uh, she she's looking for inspiration and she's she's run off into this odd world being chased by very like one eyed dragons and whatnot sandwiches a flying sandwich a bee whose uh wings never seem to move 
Yeah, that's a that's a like a gliding bee. That that old trope. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's also kind of a coda in the song where the where the landscape really changes in the video, and that part is really cool. Like the way it goes to that different thing, um, where the song completely changes and. But, so that's Catherine Collins. She's the keyboard player for the new pornographers. Oh, okay. She's, oh, right she's a lot younger than the rest of the people in the band. I think this is her third solo album. Um, it's um, inconsistent, but you know we can talk about that later. I mean, in my point of view, but it's but the high points are high. We'll get to them sometime. Sure. No. Yeah. But this this song I, I think is a personally I think it's a, a really great song. Again, sounds a lot of like the stuff that I was listening to in the nineties. Especially her voice, like there's some Velocity Girl. I was not shocked that you picked this. Mm-hmm. Oh, by no. the by the way, you, okay, you mentioned Velocity Girl. I heard a um, Captain and Tennille song the other day that so reminds me of Velocity Girl. What song was it? Do you know? Oh man, um, da 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 da. da. I, they I, both I, have that exact same part in it. And I remember when I first heard Velocity Girl, I was like, oh yeah, it's like Captain Tennille. Like from when I was like four, like in the back seat of the car going to I'd, church. I'd I'd, I'd love for you. to... <clears throat> I'll have to bring it up. Uh, bring us together, maybe. Uh, I, I was can't. that what you guys listened to on the way to church, Kevin? We listened to we listened to the top forty hosted by or Casey Case. Or was it like how they do it now, where you you go to um, like if you go to certain mega churches and they'll have like a they'll have like um, like instead of like the darkness, I believe in a thing called love they'll have like uh you know whatever the band they'll be like i believe in a man called god or i believe you know like, i don't know this, this i don't know what no, 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 i was gonna say instead of love will bring us together you could have jesus will bring us there. kevin and i were clad head to toe in polyester and we drove many miles to a church while listening to uh captain Antonio. no we well would, casey Kasem. we would listen to the top 40 countdown oh, yeah so it wasn't i'm talking but, about yeah. like making Top forty songs into Christian rock songs. Which no, is like, there was it was not that, and it, you know, I mean, you can make it into a Jonestown thing if you want, but that's not what it was. That's a little bit of a bridge too far. Sure that's where he was <laughs> that's not where uh, I was going. With I that. know, but you're making it sound sillier than it was, like, and it was plenty silly on its own because it was the seventies. But uh, but yeah, like yeah, you just um, you listen to what you hear at that point, and, sure. and you sort of connect the dots later when you get older. Do you remember a uh, doo doo in the bath? Yeah, <laughs> was that on Casey Kasem? No, it's uh, God. Um, the name of the song is I'm I, so, I'm so into, into you. you. And yeah. um, who was the guy who did it? But we both thought I, he was saying doo doo in the bath. Like, as I walked hilarious. into the room, there was voodoo in the <laughs> there bath. There was voodoo in the is bath. What he said, but we were like, that guy just said there was doo doo in the bath. Get the hell out of there! And we thought so that was like, the funniest like, thing we'd ever heard. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like four. He's like seven. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a long time ago. That was pretty good. I don't know. Uh, you know, you you get your comedy where you can. Yeah. Um, in this case, yeah, I thought I thought this I thought this video was uh, oddly compelling. If it's certainly, I could get where you know you might be a little bit like, okay, well, where do where do, where's the opportunity to stick the landing here? But I thought uh, the song backed out against it was was great, and she seems like I, one thing I thought that was particularly interesting too, Shane, is that she doesn't sound like as an individual component. She's not reflective. Of the new pornographers at all? No, not at all. And of course, that that that's true of a lot of people in that band. But um, but anyway, yeah, she's she clearly has her own voice, and it, I'm glad you shared that with us. Cool. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, um, I cool, like that man. song a lot. Hey, man, it's pretty damn cool. Fuck yeah, it. Man. Yeah, man. So next week, uh, it's my turn, and I'm gonna do pavement right in the corners. Dude, I know I'm down for that. Yeah, um, I don't know that record very well. I've heard a little bit of it. Um, sure, yeah. you you'll you'll know more of it when you listen to it. But since mm-hmm. 
since we listened to Slanted and Enchanted and we talked on that show about their later stuff where they definitely, definitely become – I mean, they, they create more of the pavement sound. but the They honed their craft play. further on. Qu- quite a bit. Yeah, there's still some weird-ass shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, this record might even oh, take two Oh, by the listens. way, uh, during uh, Montage of Heck – there's a weird scene where Kurt and Courtney are, I don't know, they're like jumping on a bed or something. Don't go give it away. I'm not, it's not giving away a ton of things, but I know this dude. Um, they've got Gerard Cosloy, the yeah. co-founder of Matador. of Matador Records, written on a wall oh, yeah. with an in, anarchy symbol. In their L.A. apartment. Yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures of that. And they're like jumping around. And I'm like, this is really fucking weird. I, I mean, I mean, it's just not because I don't know what they were trying to project. But anyway, I read something on that. And of course, uh, this is way out of context. So this might not be totally accurate. And I won't go way down the path on this. But my impression that I got at that time, uh, part of the deal is that you can you can actually. Well, and I don't know if it's the same place, but there's an Airbnb listing for Kurt and Courtney's former apartment in Los Angeles. Like you Mm -hmm. can go stay there. And the and the guy who rents the place out said, yeah, we actually get a lot of like kind of middle-aged guys that fit a certain profile <laughs> like like but um but, but the impression but that's separate from the little blurb that i saw like with all of that artwork you know or spray paint like up on the wall or whatever mm-hmm. you know part of the part of the chatter around that was they thought that gerard was out there like you know kind of Going counter to the major. Well, they levels. don't bring it up like uh, in the clip. It's just on the wall. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, that's a dude that I kind of know. That's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, we should get out of here. That's uh, funny. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what you're gonna do in two weeks? I do. What is it? I'm gonna listen to a record. No. <laughs> it's wow. the, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, no, you know. So, um, so I batted this around a little bit, and I. Um, and I think we're going to do Check Your Head. Cool. Yeah. So All we're, right. Yeah. The, you, the Beefy Boys? Yes. It's about it's about a weightlifting group yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who write songs about uh, about uh, pressing weights. But no, um, uh, in the the anniversary of MCA's death was uh, was last week as of this recording time. And so what? How many years? Um, I Three? think he passed in 2011, maybe 2011 or, yeah, I think 2011. Yeah, but anyway, um, we covered very in the second episode of this podcast, we covered Paul's Boutique, and that was a record that I originally didn't know, but my buddy James, my former college roommate, who now curates a film festival, and is like sort of a little luminary of him, of his own, introduced me to that band, and he always loved that record, and I never got into it, and it's got this whole zeitgeist around it that's in and of itself. And um, but check your head was what really turned me around on the Beastie Boys because I still to this day hate their first fucking album. I can't stand it. Oh, and no, no, it's no, a little no. fratty. Well, yeah, it has its place in musical history. It, I mean, it, it, no, and I don't discount they were, that. They were those young are two kids, things. like we were talking about yeah. earlier. Like, like how much dumb shit did you do when you were a teenager? Sure, you, sure, you're but you're it like, also, but it, it has its place if you if you listen to. Uh, I am know, proud to say that I did not like there. that record in real time, and so, but, but. Uh, but Check Your Head is what turned me around on the Beastie Boys for a variety of reasons that we will explore in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, that's the one I, I thought. Excellent. And, I, and I, almost, I almost picked uh, the Hot Sauce Committee record because I don't know that one at all, and it's the last one that, that they recorded. But, um, 
Yeah, I but, and I and it. I do want to I do want to at some point explore that even if it's just on my own. But but I thought check your head is is one that was special to me. So we'll do that. Kevin, you want to go watch some basketball? Yeah, I got it. Some basketball. All right, this is fun, you guys. Um, we won't talk about the weird elephant in the room, which is Mark's giant cheap trick backdrop. Yeah, why do you have uh, like the? It looks like a. He, Mark's also a photographer in a, in addition to being a producer, so this might that might explain it. Oh, okay. Well, it looks like it the does. world's largest uh, like flag, like that flag that you at the, the Indy five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you had like literally five hundred cars in the Indy five hundred. You'd have but, to wave a flag this way. But if you've been listening at home and you thought, why does this uh, podcast have a you know, kind of surreal, cool, cheap trick vibe to it? That's why. That's why. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. Kevin here. Mark. Somebody likes it. So, 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 so. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks!